Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the Confirmation Cohort's Holy Week Walk. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this past weekend, while I was busy with Yarn Crawl, Uh there was a confirmation retreat, and you've gone to one-day kind of intensives to help alleviate some scheduling woes that are going on. So what kind of things are you doing on this particular intensive day? Well, this one in particular is setting up the youth for the coming Lenten journey and specifically Holy Week. Okay. And what we opted to do, so there are three of us who are co-teaching this, and we wanted to give the opportunity for the students to get a deep dive into the passion story. Okay. Now, we have talked about the passion story here on the podcast before, but I'm going to give like a brief little rundown and talk about a thing we did that I thought was actually really, it turned out really cool. Okay. The first half of our day with the confirmation students was teaching about the liturgical church calendar year. Now, for folks who've been with us for a long time, I think three years ago, maybe we did a podcast on the liturgical calendar year. So we'll link that. Absolutely. And you can always find, if you're listening on this on some kind of podcast app, the notes and things we refer to are on our webpage at centralportland.org, where you can find the pages where this stuff actually gets posted. Yep. So the first part of the morning was kind of placing ourselves in the whole year story from Advent through Christ the King Sunday. So the liturgical year, not the year of, I don't know, Jesus's life that you were talking about. Right, exactly. And what we wanted to do was to teach the kids about what the liturgical calendar year is and how it encounters within our world. So to really talk about how we have our January to December calendar and we have a school year calendar and we have, they have some maybe sport calendars. Sure. This is the church's calendar. And so we did that. And then we focused in that afternoon on the three days on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then a smidge of Sunday for Holy Week. Okay. It was super cool. (laughs) Okay. I gotta say, one, these kids are awesome. And so I'm pretty biased about how awesome the kids are. But what we did is after lunch, and this is something people can totally do. Okay. And it might remind people of a couple different other options. There's uh, Stations of the Cross. That's what it was reminding me of when you were talking about it. Totally. So there's Stations of the Cross. There's the Way of the Cross, where people sometimes do a crosswalk. Okay. and, And carry a physical cross as they do the Stations of the Cross around a city. Sure. This is kind of like that, a little less intensive. The first thing we did was we gathered at the table in the sanctuary. A lot of our retreat was actually spent on the floor in front of the communion table in our sanctuary. So we gathered there and we told the story about Thursday and what happens. And again, we've done podcasts on each of these days individually. Yep. And we will link to them all. So folks can go back and listen if they wish. But Thursday, we focused on the meal and Jesus talking about the meal. So we started with communion. And then after the meal, after the dinner was over, everybody gets up and they go to a garden to pray. And so we got everybody up, packed into the car, and we went over to Terry Shrunk Plaza Okay, in southwest Portland. For folks who are not from around Portland, Terry Shrunk Plaza is a couple of garden blocks where a lot of protests happen. 
Yes, they do. In Portland. <laughs> it's not far from where you got arrested for your protest. Correct. But it's even actually just directly across the street from the justice buildings. Yep. So where I went to court for my arrest was across the street. And where I went to court for our members' immigration hearing was directly across the street. Mm -hmm. And so we went to Terry Shrunk Plaza and we talked about how Jesus was praying and his disciples, after a big meal and a lot of wine, kept falling asleep. And then the betrayal of the friend, okay. where Judas comes and betrays him and getting arrested and talking about all of that right there at Terry Shrunk Plaza, where we have so many protests and so many moments of conflict in our city that happen in that area. Sure. So after that, and again, bringing up the time of day for these things, because it was evening when they had their dinner, and so it was really late at night when they were in the garden. Mm -hmm. Then they go across the street. So we went across the street to the Justice Center, and we sat on the porch of the Justice Center, and we talked about Jesus's trial, and his trial with Pilate, and the trial with Herod, and then back to Pilate. And we talked about the legal ramifications and how the legal structure worked and what was going on in that trial that Jesus experienced. And we did that right there in the heart of these justice buildings. Okay. Then we packed up and we talked to the kids about what happened to Jesus, that he was beaten and harmed and hurt and then was given his cross to carry as he made his way out of town. And so we took a walk and we walked a couple blocks down to the waterfront, and then we crossed the Morrison Street Bridge on the north side of the bridge with sure. the thinner sidewalk. Yep. And we went all the way across. And on the other side of the bridge, there's a set of stairs that you go down, and there's like a landing partway there. And when you're there, you can look down and it overlooks a camp for houseless individuals. Sure. And it's outside of the city, and it's a hard place to be. Yeah. And so we stood at that overlook and we talked about the actual crucifixion of Jesus and Peter's betrayal and the whole situation that happened in that moment. After that, we went back across the bridge. And as you come back onto the west side of the bridge, you go under like an overpass area. Yep. And we stopped there and talked about the body being placed into the tomb and having the stone rolled over in front of the tomb. Walked back to our cars, and then we drove across back over to the east side to the Lone Fir Cemetery. Yep. And talked about how the crucifixion and death took one day. It was sundown. The next day was the Sabbath, so that time in between. And we talked about what we do as people when someone we love has died, and gathering, and eating food and telling, telling stories, stories. Yep. right? And so we talked about the Easter Vigil and that day where it's in between time and the stories that we root ourselves in, the stories of the person we love and the stories of a God that is always present with us and the story of God's redemption throughout history. And we tell those stories. And the ancient vigil lasted all the way through to the morning breaking dawn of Easter Sunday and the promise of the resurrection. And so just as we were talking about the resurrection and all of that, it started hailing on our heads. <laughs> the weather came back. Sure. And there was a huge interest in returning to the church. So we packed everybody back up and went, came back to the church to kind of debrief. Yeah. 
But this kind of a pilgrimage, a walk, a journey to bring those days to life, it was actually really cool. And not the stations that cross kind of way where you're thinking about Jesus's perspective in these moments mm-hmm. from the trial to the cross, right? That's the stations of the cross. But the whole overarching storyline from the Passover meal through that day of waiting, the days that the Triduum, Mm -hmm. the three holy days, really cover. And so we dug deep into it and we we had some great conversations that explained to the kids, we expect you to be at these services this year. Yeah. So here's what each of them are about. And you'll see bits and pieces of each of these reflected in the worship service that we engage in together as a community. So the goal was to prepare them to really dive deep into the Holy Week experience this year. I love how you sort of made it contemporary for them and sort of brought it into the present. And I'm curious, how did you pick the places that you went to? Were they immediate answers to you of, oh, I need a cemetery. This is the one I want to go to. I need a garden. This is the one I want to go to locally. The one that we had the hardest time finding was the cross. Okay. Where were we going to go for the crucifixion scene? We were trying to kind of mm, ponder where we would go for each one. Terry Shrunk Plaza seemed pretty obvious and pretty easy. Sure. What we really wanted to do was take the kids into an actual courtroom. Oh, yeah. We wanted to actually The problem is go. it was a Saturday. Bingo. Yeah. So unfortunately, we were unable to get into a courtroom. But we had kind of decided we would connect the garden and the courtroom and be right there in the center of all of that. Sure. And get those connected up. Then it was actually Pastor Dave who I think spent a huge amount of time walking the area, trying to find the combination of close enough we could walk to it, yep. uh, safe enough, yeah, but risky enough to be a little scary yeah, and a little hard. And I'll admit, as an asthmatic, walking across the Morrison Street Bridge is super not easy because you're right next to all the exhaust of the cars. Oh, yeah. And the trains and the everything. Yeah, it's right there. Right there. But it was good. It was a good kind of set you a little bit on edge. And it was very important to me as we were talking about locations that we not use houseless individuals as a set or as a prop. Okay. That, yes, we needed to find an area where you could see the kind of things you would have seen at Golgotha, that you would have seen where Jesus was crucified. Okay. For those who may not be familiar, Golgotha is where again? Golgotha is the place of the skull. It's on the outskirts of the city of Jerusalem. Okay. And it is near a couple of pieces about it. It was near where kind of the city dumps were, but also more important, it's on a main throughway. Okay. Where people are going to see it. Because the point of publicly killing someone is to warn people to not behave in that manner. Yeah, you're not going to try to hide that. You want to make it as open and obvious as possible. Right. And so we were debating back and forth, how do we find a spot in our city that would be that edge, that edge of hard truth of how people can be lost within our culture, but also really right in the midst of the city where everyone could see it if they were looking. And where we were at, you could see large piles of debris. Sure. And there were houseless individuals who were making the best of what their situation is that were down below on the street level. 
And picking this location was a lot about finding that edge, that connection between debris and the hard part of life, but in a very public place. Mm -hmm. And enough removed that the kids would remain safe, but still be in a very discomforting kind of out of our daily living kind of experience. Sure. And so that's what that particular location gave us. It was hard to find. We went through multiple different ideas around the city, heading up kind of into Northwest area. Sure. Burnside Bridge. There are a lot of places where the encampments are. Right. But choosing one that is going to make the statement you want to make for the kids for the moment you wanted them to have, I can see that would be hard. And it's not specifically about finding houseless individuals to make the statement, but to find a place where that we don't want to see thisness. Sure. And Portland isn't like thatness. Mm-hmm. Right? To kind of confront that in a way that doesn't use other people for our tools. Sure. As tools without their willing consent. And so it was a real balancing act. When it came to finding the cemetery, I wanted to go to Riverview Cemetery because that's one of my very, very favorites. Sure. And I love it up there. It's an opportunity to kind of look over a city... It's away from the beaten path, but it was so far away that I didn't think logistically we could would work. get there. And we looked at a couple other places if we had gone to Burnside, kind of up on the West Hills. But a lot of it was about logistics and sure. driving logistics and walking and those pieces, especially planning it when we didn't know what the weather was going to be like at all. Yeah. And so Lone Fir Cemetery is really close here in town. It is. I used to live by it. It's one of my favorites. It's a beautiful little cemetery. And so I chose that one purely because of proximity. I wanted basically any cemetery. Yeah. Because that time in between works in pretty much any cemetery. Okay. It's great to have cool looking markers, right? That's a bonus. Sure. But it's not necessary. We could have gone anywhere. And the point that I had them do there was I had them then walk around and look at the stories. Now, is this something that you have done yourself or you've done with other confirmation students? Or is this a new sort of concept of a walk that you wanted to try out? This was totally new okay. and came up with between myself and Dave and Pastor Janelle. Okay. As we were trying to brainstorm, how could we, with these students, come up with a way to bring Holy Week to life? Sure. And I've taught Holy Week a lot with a video, but with these kids... They are very physically active kids. Yeah. And we wanted some kind of physical activity for them to be doing in the afternoon. Because this was an all-day 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. retreat. Yes, it, it was. was. a lot of hours for these kids to be remaining engaged and remaining committed. And we had very little downtime this time. And they stayed with it. Do you think it was successful in terms of getting the message across that you had hoped? I don't know. Okay. Time will tell. Time will tell. All right. right. I think that that's very much the case. I know when I was doing the quizzing during the family meal at the end, the kids did a fantastic job of answering the quiz questions. Okay. And walking the families through the day by answering the questions about what had happened. Sure. So they got the information. I think the longer term letting it seep into your bones and what... That physical journey and the physical placement of standing in a green place in the middle of a city and talking about having a friend betray you and getting arrested, mm -hmm. that will take time to seep into their bones. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Was it successful enough that you think you would do it again, depending on the group of kids that you have next? I totally would. Okay. 
I would even do this with some adults. For those who are listening who are intrigued by this idea, I mean, you can find Stations of the Cross anywhere. You can find some of these other things. How would you recommend somebody go about planning this for themselves if they're interested in taking a walk or a journey like this? That's a great question. I think what you want to do is find a way to distill the heartbeat of the day that you're thinking about. So if you're thinking about the meal with friends, then where is a place where you have a sacred meal with your closest people? Do you actually have to do a sacred meal or you just want to go and be in some place where that happens? I think you should have communion. Okay. Because again, you're incorporating as many sensory experiences as possible. You're incorporating taste, you're incorporating smell, you're incorporating all the things. Okay. So I would recommend have communion to start it off with or have a big meal with people to start it off with and then take the journey, sing psalms, go on that prayer walk. Okay to a garden place and go somewhere where there is greenery and life. Head to a place of justice, whether it is justice you see being received or justice that you think is being ripped from someone. Okay. Because that's what happened to Christ. Look for a place that pulls you out of your comfort zone just enough. Okay. To ponder and think about the death of Christ. Let yourself walk it. Give yourself a half a mile. If you can, if you're able. Okay. Don't take it too easy on yourself. Go ahead and push it a little bit. But you also don't have to run a marathon. You also don't have to run a marathon. And then find a cemetery. Find a place where death is present. Okay. And be in that space, in that time in between, and think about that in-betweenness. Okay. And time limits on these things, I mean, there's no like, well, you have to spend five minutes doing this one and 20 minutes doing that, but you should spend... We spent about 15 to 20 minutes at each location Okay, talking and having conversation. And you can do different activities at each of them if you wish, right? Depending upon who you're with or what the objective is or the age group. Sure. You know, spend some time at those places noticing and pondering and being present in. Okay, my last bit of that question then is, mm-hmm. is this something you would do any time of the year or would you stick to doing this around Easter specifically? That's a great question. Okay. I think you could probably do it anytime. It's useful to do it around this time of year, right before the Holy Week, so that you're kind of primed for the worship experiences of Holy Week. And I think you could do it anytime that the weather would permit you to do so. Okay. Because a lot of it is outside. Sure. Excellent. Okay, that's going to bring me to my last question then. If this was a new experience for you, as you said, yeah. what do you think was the most powerful for you then? As I reflect back on it, and it took going home that night and being still and being exhausted and heading towards sleep, I think for me the moment that struck was when we were leaving the Golgotha site and we were walking back up the stairs towards the bridge, and I caught the smell of the campfire down below. Okay. And I'm asthmatic, and I was already struggling and needing my inhaler from the freeway Sure. exhaust. So I noted the smell of the fire, because you don't know what's in the fire. No, you don't. And you don't know how it's going to impact you. So I noted that. Later that night, as I was sitting there, kind of going through the night on my own, what hit me was Peter was outside the gates, warming his hands at a fire, because it was a cold night. And a servant girl walked up to him and asked him, do you know the man? No, I don't know him. And for the first time in my faith experience, I had 
a fragrance to associate and a feeling in my lungs sure to associate with the betrayal peter did to christ in that moment and in that place and so even though it was nothing i pointed out to the kids and it was nothing we talked about we didn't talk about the fire down there we didn't talk about any of that completely coincidental completely coincidental But when I went home later that night, that's the image that I think from that walk, one of the images that will really sit with me. That fire outside the city walls, that connection. Sure. It also connects to my experience in Nicaragua and kind of different places. So that will resonate for a while. Excellent. That's the piece that's going to take some time to sink into my bones. Oh, that's fascinating to me that you have your own Uh a little bit. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about this Holy Week walk. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and I hope that you are all enjoying your Lenten journey this year as much as you are able. Please know that you can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org if you have any questions or thoughts. We would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.